All right, another episode of the Purple and Bold podcast, a special episode from Bridgeport Stadium shortly following the JMU spring football game uh, where we saw the defense win, technically, uh, on the last play of the game. So if you were caring at all about who won the game, uh, a little bit of excitement down to the down to the wire there. I personally didn't care who won too much. Just wanted to get a look at some of the players that we hadn't seen much of this spring uh looking forward to our first glimpse of what uh jamie might have in the fall i'm here with noah fleischman we both just watched uh two quarters of jamie football uh, overall impressions noah just after seeing full contact football for the first time since november yeah you know i think it took the defense i think a series to get used to tackling again obviously first series alonzo barnett leads him down 80 yards easy touchdown you know i was like okay but then, you know, next three drives, three straight three and outs, defense kind of got his stuff together. I mean, it took a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they haven't tackled all spring, so first time they do it. Obviously, some growing pains. But, you know, they did it, and I think that was good. And I think, you know, we saw a lot of guys we haven't <coughs> seen a whole lot of, which I think is good. Um, people look at the quarterback play. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. But overall, I think it was good. Defense, you know, made stops when they needed to, especially at the end. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit of everything. Yeah, you know, first real look at some uh, transfers. Uh, Phoenix Sproles makes a couple catches. Uh, you know, obviously, you hinted we'll talk about Jordan McLeod and the quarterbacks uh, coming up. Um, you know, probably, I guess, the biggest standout maybe as far as the transfers on the offensive side of the ball goes was uh, Tyson Lawton uh, at running back. Um, is a guy who I don't think is going to get lost in a very talented running back room. No, I don't think he's going to. I mean, we talked to him after the game. I mean, you know, first carry, 21-yard carry. I mean, he averaged, mm-hmm. I think, 7.6 yards a carry, something like that, 7.4. I mean, he only had six carries. had 44 yards, 43 yards, something like that. So, I mean, he did, played really well when he had the opportunities. Um, you know, he, he talked about after the game, you know, coming into a room that's deep. He knew coming in it was deep, and he was like, you know, as a six-year guy, he wants to see if he still got it. Today, I would say he still got it. Yeah, and it's not like um... – not like any of the uh, running backs had issues, but um, I mean, Kalen Black was the only one not to play, but yeah, he's been banged up. Yeah, and I mean, I think expectations are pretty high for Kalen Black going into the fall. Um, but you know, to come out there, um, you know, Sammy Malinagi gets a a touchdown uh, among some of the guys that are returning. Latrell Palmer and also, but two short runs for those guys both get into the end zone. Um, you know, Solomon Van Horse also out there. About what you would expect, I guess, maybe from the running backs outside of the fact that uh, Lawton seemed to be the guy who kind of stood out. And then, I mean, that's not necessarily a surprise. It's just we hadn't seen him in purple. We hadn't seen him with these guys. Uh, but, you know, Curtis Signetti pointed out multiple times that he uh, once led the CAA in rushing and um, had played well against JMU uh, in his time at Stony Brook. Yeah, I mean, he, he showed it, right? He showed flashes today. Obviously, he's still learning the playbook. He said he doesn't have a down yet. You know, that was a big thing. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he is a veteran guy, but being five years in one system, you come to a brand new system, new terminology, it takes time to learn that stuff. I don't think it'd be a problem, you know, once fall rolls around. But he looked good. And running back room, I think, is it's probably, you know, that and the offensive line are the two parts of this team that there isn't any question marks mm-hmm. about who's going to play. Obviously, yeah. you probably say the same thing about defensive line for the most part, but those are the two, I think, most solidified of rooms at this point of the, you know, you know, coming up next year, coming in the fall. So, 
Like what we saw there. Obviously, we can talk about quarterbacks, but yeah, yeah. I mean, running backs do their thing. Yeah, well, let's talk about wide receivers for a little bit because that's another group that. Um, as as opposed to the groups you mentioned where you know running back offensive line defensive line everybody's back essentially yeah um it's a lot of new faces but um guys who who made plays today you know jordan brown the one guy who is back um had the long touchdown which reggie brown um, reggie brown yeah i keep saying jordan when i'm thinking about the guy who threw in the past um (laughs) yes reggie brown uh a 64-yard touchdown, but not necessarily. Um, it, it, it was busted coverage, you know, not necessarily a lot to take from that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, guys like Elijah Surratt, uh, Phoenix Sproles, they got their hands on some balls, uh, got some touches. Um, uh, Omarion Dawson, Kim Ravine ended up with a catch. He was targeted uh, once Maybe one. on a deep ball. It just it didn't quite connect. Um, Jade Mines got targeted a couple times. Yeah, but, I mean, those guys seem to be um, – Seem to be like acclimating themselves fairly well um, to a new offense. They do, and I think it's as expected, right? They're all veteran guys, except Surratt. Um, yeah. But the other two are pretty veteran. They played college football, and they, they know how it works. So, obviously, yeah. And, you know, wide receiver still, I think, you know, still some work to be done there. Um, I would not be surprised to see JMU bring in another portal receiver or two um, at this point. Um, just because, I mean, I don't think. That is as looking at it now, you know, it's a room that yeah. might not be as productive as it was last year at the current current moment. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I would have to think the roster's not set yet. <laughs> um you know, yeah. uh probably, you know, Kurt Signetti I don't think after games he uh goes home and just takes it easy too often. I'm sure he's probably not doing it after a spring game. And uh he's probably you know, he might be in his office right now, looking at uh, the portal and what's available. And he did just leave. I watched him walk out. Okay, but. trying to anticipate <laughs> and, and trying to maybe anticipate, you know, what's going to happen with his guys, um, whether anybody will leave at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see some. He talked about it last week, where the team will look a whole lot different, as yeah. you said. So I think we'll see some portal departures and portal. I don't know what to call it acquisitions. Yeah. He, so. Or anticipating maybe something happening at wide receiver. Any other position groups that you are keeping an eye on in particular? Wide receiver is probably the main the main one right now. Um, you could look. Uh, there's probably other positions they're looking at. I mean, you can always improve basically anywhere on the field. I think that this is a team that nobody's really solidified. Really, every position has a part where they could bring someone in better. I should say. Yeah. Um, look at the defense. The. Uh, Technically, the winners of the day with the with, with the scoring system where they got points for stops, uh, three points for a stop, wound yeah. up uh, just edging out the offense 24-22 um, on the last possession. Any any major takeaways from what you saw defensively? Obviously, missing some key guys that uh, didn't play but sitting out with some injuries, but anything that you kind of take away? Two things. Jalen Green? Pretty good player when I mean, we saw it last year. He did have an interception that he ran out of bounds with. I'm sure he's probably heard a lot about that since. But another guy is Aiden Fisher. We heard a lot about him recently. Um, he almost had an interception today. He's a guy yeah. who did have an interception in their scrimmage last weekend. So I think I think those are the two bright spots, you know, outside of just, just everyone else as a whole. Yeah, Fisher was a guy who did seem to be um, kind of in there all over the place. Uh, 
Jeremy Chroma, he got to the backfield quite a bit. Uh, I don't know how much we can take away from the stat statistics when it's, uh, <laughs> when it's playing touch with the quarterbacks. There were some where uh, – Two-hand touch. You know, one-hand touch, I think. <laughs> yeah. There were some where, like, um, people got sacks that they wouldn't get in the games and some where uh, maybe didn't get credit for ones where they probably would have. Yeah, and I mean, they did it with, you know, some offensive linemen out that could well – obviously, who was in full uniform? I will say he did dress, but he yeah. didn't play. And, you know, they had a mixture of, you know – I was trying to think of who they had in there at times. You know, Carter Miller was in at center a bunch. Mm-hmm. Isaac Owusu, Apaya, Coach Carolina Chancer, who hasn't played a whole lot. He was in at times. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, it's good to have good depth. They've got good depth on the offensive line, just not great depth on the offensive line. Yeah, and, you know, offensive line was not a question mark mm-hmm. coming into spring, <laughs> uh, which is, you know. It's not a worry. Yeah, maybe, maybe one of the reasons, like, we haven't talked – as much about them because we would assume we know who's going to play what the two deeps going to look like if everybody's healthy by the time fall rolls around yeah um, just based off you know the the vast number of players they've got coming back on the o-line um which you know i guess we've, we've beat around the bush as much as we can at this point for getting too in-depth into the quarterback conversation which uh you know just from my naked eye view of it is more of a conversation than it was last year at this point, probably. Yeah, I think it, you know, it is a competition for sure. I think that, you know, nobody's locked in. Obviously, nobody's locked in. People will come away from this game thinking Jordan McLeod is a starter. And for those people thinking that, I'm sorry, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm not convinced any of these guys are starting quarterback currently. Yes, they could start and be successful for sure. They have in the past. But right now, Nobody's the solidified guy. You know, Tatsun Teo in the spring game last year, second quarter of that spring game, he flashed and was like, okay, this could be yeah. the guy. Today, Alonzo Barnett's first drive was like, okay, if he can put three of those drives together, it's like, he's the guy. He plays consistent like that, no question about it. But right now, both guys, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jordan McLeod, he, his numbers pop off the page, right? But yeah. if you watch the game, some decisions weren't, the right decision to make he's running around for you know running you know trying to make things happen and just makes the wrong throw sometimes or there was across the field there's across his body he tries to make things happen which you can't knock the guy he's a gamer but there's some things that you know just wasn't the right decisions and you know one of them almost yeah. ended up as a pick aiden fisher almost got it i think he had two hands on the ball just dropped it so i mean yeah yeah i mean there's that so i wouldn't say people are on twitter right now saying that he's the starter and i just don't buy it yeah, I, I I'm with you, and I, I that's not to say he won't be the starter. He may, but on wind April twenty second, it's not, not. And and you know, even going back to last spring game, Todd Santeo didn't look like the Todd Santeo from the second half of Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee or especially not the the Sun Belt Player of the Year Todd Santeo. Yeah. Um, but he was clearly better than his competition on the field, um, and. I expect to see, you know, significant improvement from McLeod as he gets, you know, just more and more time playing in the system. But, yeah, the decision-making was markedly less strong than what we've seen from JMU quarterbacks really over the last couple of years because both Todd and and Cole did not, make very many bad decisions over the course of a season. Yeah. Um, they, they didn't throw it up for grabs 
There was a couple often. passes today. And there were there were passes today that were thrown up for grabs, especially when he was forced out of the pocket. He was, and I mean, you know, some of his receivers bailed him out. Taylor Thompson made probably had the best day. Obviously, people don't look at Reggie Brown, yeah. big touchdown, whatever. But Taylor Thompson had a grab over the middle where he got hit pretty hard jumping off for the ball. He got it, and so I think you know bailed him out. But that's, yeah, that's. That's what we take away. Phoenix Sproles went up and got one that was just thrown up for grabs, too. So, I mean, yeah. the numbers look good, and they could have shifted pretty dramatically <laughs> if you take away a busted coverage on a 64-yard touchdown and uh, some passes that were just kind of thrown, that were thrown up for grabs that wound up being gains that very easily could have gone the other way. Yeah, they could. So, I mean, um, don't think you read too much in the stats in a spring game, but yeah. Some people do. But, I mean, if we're going just strictly on decision-making, Alonzo Barnett was much more impressive. Billy Atkins, I'd say, made better decisions on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's still not making the throws. Like, but he's consistently. got the idea. Yeah. Um, which is better. I mean, because, you know, he didn't make good decisions under pressure last season. He made um, some good throws today. Yeah. Yeah, he looked, he looked better. I mean, if he's your number three quarterback – um, you're feeling confident. You're, you're probably feeling uh, better as far as you, what your depth is at that position than last year. Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, it'll definitely still be a conversation. As much as they said, you know, going into the opener last year that it, nothing had been decided, they weren't convincing anybody. <laughs> no. um, I believe the players, when they're talking today, about not knowing who their starting quarterback is going to be. And basically every player we talked to, said they don't know who the starting quarterback was going to be. And it wasn't like they were trying to like um, hide the grin on their face when they said it this time around. Yeah, they honestly don't know. And I think that's good to know, right? Yeah. Good competition going in the fall camp. And, hey, anything can happen in college football. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, yeah. before we before we wrap things up here, i I, I got to give a shout-out, right? Yeah. Before this happened, you know, I stopped by Jamie Women's Tennis. You know, had a weather-impacted game. Started outside match, excuse me. Started outside, came inside to the bubble. Just crossed uh, 81. You can see it from up here. Um, you know, they got in a, a pretty big match with Marshall and uh, edged them by one point in singles. And now I have the number two seed in uh, the conference tournament. So, yeah. Jamie Women's Tennis on yeah. roll. My other only other comment, I guess, you know, maybe about the quarterback situation is McLeod. We're talking about him not making those decisions. Kurt Signetti's quarterbacks, Tino Sinceri's quarterbacks, have eventually come around to uh, not making those decisions. He's got some time to uh, improve on that. Um, I think, you know, things will probably improve for all the quarterbacks by time uh, September 2nd rolls around. But it, it, it was maybe a little bit uh, different than what we've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah, it was for sure. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, whole summer of 7-on-7 seven seven to come, and mm -hmm. then uh, camp opens in August. Yeah, and, and a guy who's, you know, out there playing at game speed for the first time in a few years um, is also not something we've seen much of Correct. here recently. Um, but, yeah, we can uh, go ahead and wrap up this one. Uh, just, you know, the quick hitter, purple and bold podcast uh since a lot of people probably didn't get the opportunity to see the spring game, especially if they didn't want to deal with the wet weather. Um, any final thoughts to jump out at you before we wrap it up? No, I think we I think we covered them all. I think, you know, it's a good starting point, and we'll see what they build off. Obviously, Portal's going to be active this week. Yeah. It closes a week from tomorrow, so they got eight days to have – 
action happen on this JMU team. And mm-hmm. right now, I will promise you that there will probably be guys ending up in the portal. Just yeah. it's, it's the nature of college football. It's a, it's a business. People want to play, and they'll look at it and say, I can't. Like you look at the depth chart, and by this point, you know where you stand on the depth chart. So. Yeah. Guys, guys uh, yeah, they saw where they stood today. Um, we'll have some football portal. By the time we sit down to record again, we'll probably have some football portal stuff to talk about. Yeah, we will. We'll probably have some basketball portal stuff to talk about by that point. So that, that's the tease for the uh, next uh, episode when uh, Noah and I get back together. Probably in our own office, not here at Bridge Four Stadium where uh, – we just saw the JMU football spring game. Uh, we'll be back here in the fall to watch them play for real. In the meantime, I'm Shane Metlin. Been here with Noah Fleischman. You've been listening to a special second episode this week of the Purple and Bold podcast. And thanks for tuning in.